innovative, often duplicated. When enough people get on the trend, I elevate it. Make it way harder for them to follow what I take. It hard to swallow like a lozenger lodged in your trachea. Goodness gracious, bruh, I can never make this up. So just take your stuff, rake it up, and take the bus. Never fake the funk, you painted skunks. You played enough, I'm lifting bars to outer space, so the weight is up. Fight. WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina, the center of the known world. This is the Cage Side Concussion Cast, your source for the fighting arts in the Carolinas and beyond. I'm Jeff Shaw. I'm really excited about our packed show today. We're going to talk about kickboxing. We're going to talk about mixed martial arts. We're going to talk about Brazilian jiu-jitsu with our featured guest, Tony Casares. And before that, we're going to talk with my main man, Trevor Hayes, about something that happened last night. Yeah, uh, it was, I kind of put a Facebook status after a couple glasses of whiskey and a beer and Betsy, our dear show analyst, was fascinated by it. And so were all of her well-educated friends about what we do here in North Carolina. We have an expensive radio consultant and our yeah. expensive radio consultant learned about uh, Trevor's proclivities for punching marsupials and wanted to hear about it. I did. Um, and so all it was is I had friends over last night with the bonfire going. It's a good Carolina night. And um, next thing you know, the dogs are going ape and... Uh, they they just go bolt in the fence and it's this giant possum crawling the line of it and it's getting defensive and I'm like oh look at the dogs and then I forget my dogs have like six foot vertical jumps because they're super athletic pit bulls and my roommate's like you know it's gonna happen either a we get blood everywhere or b the dogs get rabies or AIDS or something and I was like all right well I got this and my friends were surprised because. Just not even hesitate. I just take my sweatshirt off. I roll it in my hand. I walk up to it and just roll my shoulder right into that little sucker. And I actually gave it quite the arch. I was kind of happy. <laughs> did you did you rattle it? Do you feel like you, you rung its bell, gave it a concussion? I feel like it, it knows whose turf not to come around no more. Would it have gotten a standing eight count in a, in a striking match? I believe so. All right. I mean, if if they're if they have a pouch, they're related to kangaroos. Kangaroos are tough, so I'll go along that lineage. Yeah. No, nah, kangaroos are tough. I mean, if you've yeah. got a pouch, I'm not. I don't want to mess with you. And so I, not, I, yeah. I, so I commend you, Trevor Hayes. Thank I'm, you. Not, I'm not sure how uh, I'm not sure how vegan it is for uh, for you to punch a possum in the face, but but did then you, did you feel it like across like the vegan ecosphere or yeah, whatever it yeah, is? Actually, like, did was, you feel a ripple in it like when I punched it? It was like a million possums at once cried out and then were silenced. Is that what happened? Okay, so, you felt it in your heart. Absolutely. Okay. Deep in my vegan soul. Yeah. As always, we are coming to you live on 104.7 FM uh, and streaming live on whoopfm.org. We're going to talk to uh, we're going to talk to you about all the martial arts news from the weekend. If we missed anything, let us know. We're on Twitter and Instagram at CageSideWHUP. Intern Chris will be posting on there throughout the show. You can also shout us out using that hashtag CageSideWhoop. CageSideWHUP. Our email is CageSideWhoop at gmail.com, and we're on Facebook at CageSideRadio. All the information is on our show page at whoopfm.org. And if you miss us, you can always catch the replay on iTunes or Stitcher, where you should subscribe. And if you like the show, leave us a review. The shows are also archived at whoopfm.org. So, Trevor, let's get straight to the news. One of the, the things that I wanted to talk about first is friend of the show and former show guest James Quigg uh, won his pro MMA debut at Conflict yeah. MMA in Augusta, first Georgia. Round, uh, first round submission? Was yeah. that right that yeah. I saw? Yeah. First round submission. A, very, a dominant performance. I, I watched on the stream, and it really looked I mean, it looked like the fight went totally according to game plan. James talks to us about how martial arts is problem solving. Looks like he solved the problem of getting his first MMA professional win very quickly. Yeah, good for him, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Damon Blackshear, he won as well. I did not hear how he won. I 
was too busy punching possums last night to watch my friends fight. <laughs> we have priorities. We have priorities. We but yeah, Damon Blackshear, also from Team Rock Fayetteville, uh, also emerged victorious. And so Team was Rock that went a to, pro fight for him? I believe so. Okay. I, I, I couldn't recall so. if he had gone pro yet or not. Yeah. No. So congratulations to James. Congratulations to Damon. We'll keep you posted on the oh, outcome there of There is actually uh, a kid I know uh, from Myrtle Beach, Jeremiah Scott. He fought on that show last night. He took a last-minute pro Muay Thai fight oh. and won by gnarly spinning, spinning elbow. Belt, back elbow. Yeah, it was insane. It's been like people have been sharing it left and right. So I actually saw getting, that live. I didn't know that guy. but like, yeah, it, he's, they, So Jeremiah has a slick jiu-jitsu game. You see him fight, and he's just always out there to try and go toe-to-toe with anybody. And I saw him. Oh, he's taking a Muay Thai fight. Oh, good for him. And then I hear spinning elbow, and I was like, no way. That's awesome. What yeah. was crazy was he he left, you know, not to gross anybody out, but he left a cut about an inch deep in that guy. Yeah, that dude's face was rearranged. Yeah, it was pretty nasty. Yeah. Uh, so sorry to everybody who tuned in just for the possum story. Every so often we get contusion stories as well. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that was an exciting card. I really enjoyed watching it. It was cool of them to provide a live stream. So congratulations to Damon. Congratulations to James. We're looking forward to having James back on the show to recap that win and talk more about nerdy stuff. In other striking news, Trevor, there was an IKF kickboxing show that some local folks competed on. Yeah, I had the pleasure of going down and cornering some guys uh, I worked with. Um, Evan Aaron Dondo from Gracie Raleigh. Uh, he comes by the gym quite a bit for uh, extra work, uh, pad work, drilling, Sunday fun day sparring. Um, he asked if I could corner him. I said absolutely. Uh, he went out there and won via liver kick in the first round, minute and a half in. Even the referee is uh, good old Dale Fry is looking over going, yeah, this kid's not getting up. Because it happened right in front of us, and it was bad. Uh, let's see. Uh, good buddy Charlie Brake, I also cornered. He asked me to corner him. Uh, he comes down on the weekends sometimes to train. I go down there on the weekends to train with him. Good friends with his coach, Jim Baglioni. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won via devastating knees. Oof. Man, he sent this kid through the ropes, the knee to the body. It was awesome. Charlie also has a pretty slick jiu-jitsu game, especially Nogi. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's awesome to see these jiu-jitsu guys really branching out to Muay Thai and uh, kickboxing. Then um, our good friend Chris Clodfelter had one of his guys, Caleb Hunter. Uh, He won because the guy refused to get off the stool going to the second round. Well, the first round was kind of a massacre. Um, uh, Caleb has a great clinch game, great, devastating, just long knees, and just kept working the kid. And the kid just sat down and just went, no, I'm good. Uh, I'm kind of done here. So. Sometimes discretion is the better part of valor, especially if you're getting need to, to hear and then. Yeah, and, uh, the liver can take only so much. Yeah, man. The body shots, like from my limited time striking, the body shots are awful. Just yeah, awful. They kind of suck. So, uh,. So moving on from local uh, to national and international, uh, in Bellator, uh, there were a couple of, there was a big Bellator car on Friday night. And as many people know, uh, Hoist Gracie, who's the head of the association for about 80% of the schools out here, fought a trilogy fight with Ken Shamrock. And uh, that fight, like, I, and I thought the fight went about as well as could be expected for Hoist. I was it, it was, and you and I even had like our conversations about like, I'm gonna, like I'll talk about like the worst thing that could always happen. That's just my mindset. Like, hey, this could be the worst thing that could happen in a fight. Let's hope it doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. And we're even talking about, like, if Ken Shamrock has a chance to win this fight, it might be now. He might go out there and just take it out to Hoist and, and see Bull what rush. happens. But, yeah. dude, Hoist, I was impressed, man. He used his lanky legs, threw up some great kicks, kept uh, Ken at bay, immediately took control of the clinch and started firing away. And apparently and that's where all the the – the Havelbaru comes from. Yeah, and like I think the story of this fight, like people have, you know, there've been there, people have been trying to make a, to manufacture a controversy out of this fight where I don't think one exists. I think the real story of this fight was Hoyce's ability to control distance, because Ken is a big, strong dude, you know, even and you know who has fought for a lot of years. And uh, for me, like I, I thought that 
the longer the fight went, fight went on, the more it would favor Hoist. Because I thought Ken would just come out and bull rush him, use his strength, use yeah. his, his beast mode. But Hoist used his Pizal kick. He used a lot of different kicking techniques to, 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 to keep Ken at distance. And then when he finally was able to enter the clinch, which is where Hoist wants to be. Immediately got to work. I was really impressed with how active he got in that clinch. Me too. Out, yeah. yeah, me too. And like, and, and so, so Hoist finished his first ever TKO win. Yeah. Uh, so, so that was exciting for those of us that, uh, you know, they're in the Hoist Association. I was really proud to see that. I was a little upset at Ken Shamrock's his reactions and stuff like that. Like it's if you get hit in the groin, it hits you right away. You don't sit there get hit in the groin, then get knee in the head, and then say you got hit in the groin because Hoist did a great job at landing that knee upside Ken's head, and then Ken says I got hit in the groin, and then he's causing an uproar. Like yeah. he was a childhood hero. Then I saw him doing that. I'm like. Man, yeah, like, that, that bummed me on. out too. That yeah. bummed me out too. And like, honestly, I did not think it was a knee to the groin. You know, you don't know because I didn't feel it. But like, it didn't yeah. look like a knee to the groin to me. And here's the thing: even if it is a knee to the groin, at that point you have a choice. You can either continue to fight, yeah, or you can wait for the ref to bail you out and look up and sort of say, or "Hey, get a cage side steel cup." Yeah, which right. is tested and approved by yours truly. <laughs> it, there's a video of Trevor testing this on, on the internet that that we we should repost because that that stuff is hilarious. It, yeah, it was great. And it, I think it would do good on the on the cage side concussion cast page. I think it would. I think people would enjoy it. And speaking of hilarious videos and Bellator. So the flip side of the Hoist Shamrock fight was the Kimbo Dada 5000, or he should be demoted to Dada 2000, or maybe Dada 1000. Yeah. The beard that. versus the hair. Dude, the head and the gut. The um, gut, dude, yeah. So, so like, for those of you that didn't watch this fight, don't. Don't uh, do it. And it was, just, it was sad and shameful. Those of us, it, I, I, feel, <sighs> I, I feel like I'm, I'm glad I watched the fight simply because I, for the same reason that I'm glad I go through horrible things with my teammates, because then we can have that bonding experience of, you remember when we went through that terrible thing together? And so basically, both of these guys gassed out maybe forty seconds into the fight. God, it was terrible. It was like so bad. I from there was the big uh, uh, thing about the betting lines. Yeah, which I really thought like it seemed like Kimbo was trying to throw the fight the whole time. Yeah. Like Kimbo Slice, if you for some reason hear this, don't kill me, bro. But it looked like you were trying. All you have to, to do is run fight. away from him for forty seconds, yeah, and you'll be fine. Yeah, you'll be yeah. fine. Like it looked like Kimbo was trying to. Like after that first round, I was like, "Dude, Kimbo's trying to throw this fight." I really thought so. Realistically, too. Kimbo should be able to knock that dude out in the first two minutes. Like, yeah. if that, like, really, come on. Like, so, so for those of you that, do, that how do you lose <laughs> a fight by letting go of pants, dude, and I being like, pushed by John McCarthy? Like, you so, should shoot yourself. It was just like, well, you know, nobody should shoot themselves. Uh, but, okay, but, no, I'm sorry. <laughs> They did draw. So I'm sorry. The, like I just so Trevor. Mad Trevor. About it. Trevor gets worked up. But but did you see? Like so after. So for those of you that didn't see the fight, Tony agrees and he's a pacifist. Yeah, Tony's the <laughs> nicest guy in North Carolina jiu-jitsu and he's laughing. So we. we and what <laughs> Tony? Tony's no. Tony's like no comment. He's taking the fifth <laughs> on this. But well, anyway, so if you didn't see the fight, the only 20 seconds of the fight you need to see is on our Facebook yes. page, and that's why I said. You know, speaking of hilarious videos, so at the end of the fight, both of these guys are so tired. Like, Kimbo is the only one throwing punches, and these punches are glacially slow. They're like, they reminded me of the icebergs cutting the Grand Canyon. And just like, you, 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 can't, you can't possibly describe how slow they are. So I fixed that for Kimbo. And what I did is I put it into video editing software, and I doubled the speed of Kimbo's punches. And so posted it to the Cage Side Radio Facebook page, and it looks actually kind of like a normal fight. Oh, yeah. Um, by doubling like, the speed like, of like it. Like a normal heavyweight fight would go. Yeah. And so the sad part, and Trevor made reference to this too, is that so Kimbo is the only one who has any energy left to throw punches. And so he's throwing punches. Dada has no energy to throw punches or defend punches. And so he's like wobbling. Kimbo can't really hit him because 
like a weeble. He wobbles, but he doesn't fall down. And then eventually you can tell that Dada is just waiting for Kimbo to land one punch so he can save face and fall down. And Kimbo can't really land a punch. And so Kimbo like lands a glancing blow. John's about to, big John McCarthy, the referee, is about to stop the fight, touches Dada, and Dada does a Ric Flair flop as he stumbles around the ring well, for like, maybe 20 or 30 feet. Like, you see, like, Dada kinda... comes off the cage, grabs his shorts, and that's when Big John takes his hand, removes it, and that was, and then at that point, Timber! Kimbo throws a punch, and it just clearly, like, just misses. Yeah. Like, it was literally, Dada lost the fight, not from a punch, but because he was too tired to not hold on to somebody. Yeah, and the really sad thing, I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say the saddest thing about the fight, because that would just bring everybody down, but they, so they had to carry him out of the cage on a stretcher, and I'm not, I'm not making this up, they dropped him twice. Wait, they, shut up! They really? straight dropped him. And was, that, was that from our cage side correspondent Seth Billy? Yeah, Matt and Kyler? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Apparently, they had a really tough time getting him out of the cage because if you think about it, he cut down to two sixty five, and so that's probably a three hundred pound man. And these poor paramedics are like, "Man, we don't get paid enough for this." Uh, so we spent enough time on that sad state of there, affairs. Their <laughs> abdominal muscles were too tired from laughing for fifteen <laughs> minutes. Yeah, no, it was. I, I, that, that, that thing bummed me out. At any rate, so to recap, the Bellator card was really happy with how it went for Hoist. Was really glad that Hoist was able to control distance, effectively strike, and 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 uh, win his fight. It was really sad. I watched the rest of the card, but um, uh, we're going to turn back to localness to to close out our new segment with two sort of uh, with two local events. One of which is up coming up really soon, and one of which is coming up in a month and a half or so. So right after uh, we get done taping the show, we're going to go out to Elevate MMA for their grand opening open mat, which is going to benefit the Hip Hop Chess Federation. Uh, Duane Owens is going to be there. Cody Malte, a bunch of people. I've talked to a bunch of folks from local gyms. Tony's going to go over there. Um, a bunch of folks from local gyms are going to are going to be over there to spar with grappling to enjoy food trucks, to enjoy some hip-hop. There's going to be graffiti artists. There's going to be dancers. There's going to be all kinds of cool stuff. I know I'm looking forward to that. Oh, I'm stoked. You had me at food trucks. <laughs> yeah, most definitely. You, you had me at food trucks and, and Cody, so I'm so, kind of sold. So if you're listening to us live, head over there about 1.30. If you're listening to us later, hopefully, uh, you know, on the podcast, hopefully you were able to make it over. Uh, but if not, there will be pictures and video. And I'm headed over with our fancy new, uh, fancy new remote unit, so we'll do some interviews over there, take some pictures, take some video. So the final thing before we get into our featured interview with Tony Casares, we're going to go to Ooh, sick I, enunciation. How, how'd I do, Tony? Right? Is, no. Thumbs up, two no. two thumbs away up from my, my pronunciation. Like wow, I'm an international vegan of mystery. <laughs> I got language skills. So the one thing I want to announce. So we've been we've been promoting this, and we're going to continue to promote it. We're do having our first live podcast event, which is the Concussion Cast Carnival, May first, downtown Durham, the place where they hold the farmers market, Durham Central Park. There's going to be eight or nine awesome jujitsu super fights. There's going to be free seminars, uh, free jujitsu seminars, free Muay Thai seminar, free women's self defense seminar. And we're going to start announcing matches next week. And I want to announce one match that we've made, which is a black belt match. I'm super excited about this for a couple reasons. So Caitlin Huggins from uh, Divine Jiu-Jitsu down in Charleston, South Carolina, is going to take on Samantha Fallhaber from Gracie Humaicha. Both of these women are internationally competitive black belts. And this is, I've talked to a bunch of the old school guys in the area. This is, we think, the first ever black belt women's match in North Carolina history. And I've watched both of these women compete. They're both, tech I've had the pleasure of rolling with Sam and learning from her at a seminar. They're both incredibly technical, incredibly skilled, really fun to watch. And it's a landmark match. So I'm excited for the carnival for many, many reasons. And that most of all. So please come out and support that. Dunk tanks. Oh, I forgot about the dunk tanks. Yeah, Trevor's going to get in his um, 
in, a, in his shark yeah. onesie, and uh, and that's what I'm excited about. Yeah, so come out, eat great food. Um, Bryce Watch Mahoney's going to be <laughs> Bryce Mahoney's going to be serving acai bowls. So come out, eat some acai, have some amazing food trucks. Watch for more announcements and support the event. And so now. Uh, that's the news, folks. If we missed anything, please let us know on social media. But we're always excited to get into our featured interview. And so hang with us through this bumper for 15 seconds. We'll be right back with Tony. If you're, if you're out there and you're listening to this and you're not really into jujitsu, I'm, I'm a little bit creeped out, honestly. It's the Cage Side Concussion Cast on WHUPFM.org. So Tony Casares is a brown belt, under, uh, and he owns Lucas Lepre BJJ Raleigh, and he's an internationally competitive brown belt who's very technical, really fun to watch, and I've always had a, t- a great time learning from him. So I'm really excited to talk to Tony a little bit more about his career in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. How, how are you doing today, Tony? I'm doing well. Thanks. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. Sweet we're all NPR voice, bro. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Who's got the better NPR voice, Tony or uh, Roy Marsh? Ooh, okay, Roy. We'll have to evaluate at the end of the interview. Tony's here representing Latin NPR. <laughs> <laughs> Univision. No, I'm just saying. Yeah, right. <laughs> Tony will be translating the whole show into Spanish for us later. <laughs> so, uh, so Tony, so you're not. So you've moved to the Triangle relatively recently, and so I want to talk to you about that journey. Uh, but first, let's talk about how you got started training and why. What brought you to this point? Man, I started training about uh, it was ten years ago. And uh, my cousin had shown me um, a video. It was a choke, you know, Hicks and Gracie. And I was like, you know, immediately hooked. You know, I saw that video and I thought that was really cool on how, you know, he was kind of representing the old samurai warrior in Japan and how he was using jiu-jitsu. And at the time I was in high school doing, you know, sports, football, track, you know, believing what coaches tell you even if it's not true <laughs> you know like you could be the greatest athlete in texas if you just you know you know you know and i believed it because everyone did but um so i didn't get to train right away this was back like in 2000 2001 but finally in around you know 2006 i remember i was in college it was my uh second yeah second year in college and i was i told myself man if i don't join now i'll never join and so i s- stepped into this old it was this old Aikido school, but there was a there was a uh, actually there was a Jiu-Jitsu school, and the guy who taught there uh, had a uh, he was a he was a he was a, I want to say he was a brown belt. Yeah, he was a brown belt at the time, and this was back in 2005, and you know a brown belt back in 2005 in South Texas. You know you didn't you didn't hear about that, and so when I walked in, I saw all these guys. And you know I'm I'm a small guy naturally, right? So these just these guys towered over me, and they were doing like judo fit-ins, and they were doing shrimps, and they were rolling. And of course, when you see rolling at first, it's so intense. And I'm like, man, I wanna I wanna do that. And and the guy came up to me and says, hey, uh, you know, we're we're closing the school. You know, there's 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 no more jujitsu. This is the last month. And I was like, bummed out. This was in '05, and so. You know, I was so disappointed. And I still, I stayed there for about an hour, even if he, he kind of was running me off, and I kind of stayed there anyway. <laughs> so then, uh, you know, a year later, I, I, I bump into. I was doing. I was working for this nonprofit, and we were at middle schools. It was like a mentorship program, and I walked. And one of the, at the time, he was a blue belt. He's a black belt now. He was there being a. He was a substitute, and I say, Hey, how you doing? You know, his name was Felipe. His name's Felipe. And, hey, how you doing, Felipe? Man, you still training? He's like, Yeah, we are. We train twice a week at this Aikido school. And this is 2006. So finally, I was doing a bunch of stuff. I was in college. I was helping for a, you know, helping a campaign, and I was, and I and I t- kept telling myself, as soon as this campaign's over, I'm, you know, 
collection's over. I'm gonna go join jujitsu, and so I did. And it was, uh, it was. I remember it was Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesdays was a formal class. Saturdays was open mat, and you paid twenty five bucks. And I walked in, and it was that same guy that ran me off. He was a purple belt. His name was uh, his name's Jacob. He's huge, huge guy. And he kind of looked at me, and, and so in his own way of running me off, he told me, um, "All right, uh, we're gonna roll right now, and then we'll, we'll work with you." Because it was just him and Felipe, and so they're you know blue belt promote rolling. They don't want this new guy to kind of interrupt. So he comes, and Felipe shows me the shrimp. This is all you're gonna learn today. They <laughs> show me the shrimp. So I shrimp for about 30 minutes, and uh, all right. All right, you, you shrimp pretty well. <laughs> you know, if it was a shrimp competition, I guess I'd win it, right? Yeah. It's at the hips, you know, the Latin hips. Um, but uh, so that so then he's international salsa dance. There, that's what it was, man. I, I had rhythm, you know. Yeah. So afterwards, he's like, "All right, this is the bridge and roll, the bridge and roll." So I did it, and that was it. And you know, and, and let me correct myself. The first time I went, he didn't even let me do that. He said, "You're just gonna watch us roll." And so I sat there and watched him roll. And the second time, he didn't let me roll. He just let me do the, the shrimp and the bridge and roll, right? And the third time, he was smiling, like, man, this kid, you know, doesn't stop coming. All right, I guess, I guess we got to show him something. So after that, I was, I was hooked. Um, I, I think I always knew I was going to be. But, you know, I think, you know, trying to, trying to stick with it. And, and I think after, you know, getting slaughtered by these guys who – you know, because at the time I was pretty active. I was always lifting and running, and I thought I could do well. And I, of course, that's a delusion, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. You could you jump on the mats and you think I could probably hang, and you can't. You yeah. can't hang at all. Like the, you the can't even. Illusion. Yeah. Like, like what it is. Uh... Yeah. You think like for a moment, like ah, I'm pretty athletic. You know, I I did well in sports, but it's totally different. And I think that was really humbling, and that's what made me want to do it. Ironically, it was just like, man, I want to learn how to do this, and so. It was it was crazy. It was a small club. We you know we we practiced. We had man. We practiced in holes in the wall. Like literally, it, there was places where one time we were practicing on these crappy mats, and uh, a family. I'm not even kidding. We were, we were renting. A, we were leasing a part of a gym, and a family was living in that other part of the gym. And they would. We're training. We're rolling. Picture us rolling, right? And th- this lady just walks out of her apartment onto the mats with a plate of <laughs> of tamales. <laughs> And we're rolling, and we're, we're like, "Wow, this is this is kind of how we're valued." And because at the time, it were just blue belts. It was a group of blue belts who had been taught by this brown belt who had to leave. You know, he lived in some small South Texas town, and the guy's name's Leo Cantu, and he's under Draculino, a very nice guy. And he kind of started, you know, South Texas. Uh, one of the parts of South Texas, he started training. There was a lot of guys that kind of, well, not a lot, but there's a few guys that started training South. He was one of them, and he had happened to open a school in Laredo. So these guys in Laredo kind of took over that club. And they kind of started training, but we train crazy places. The, um, the Laredo Jiu Jitsu and Tamale Club. That's is man. That that's what it to? was, like, and, that, and that's actually kind of cool. Like it, it's that, crazy yeah. because now the school is so big and so successful. Uh, one of my good friends just won the Houston Open at Purple Belt. Right on. And yeah. the Absolute, the double gold. Nice. And uh, it's just crazy. I was, you know, telling my wife how big the school has grown from the days of the dark ages <laughs> to ladies walking on our mats with tamales to you know what i mean to a school of i mean they they probably have about 80 students nice. you know like 40 kids i mean it's it's crazy and and what they've done i mean i'm you know they're i consider them family i still <coughs> stay in touch with them and you know i miss them very much they miss me right but <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of um how i started there are many things I take away from that story. One of them is, you know, Seth never gave me tamales when I started yeah. training. This is, <laughs> what is nonsense, world. man. I mean, I feel cheated. 
But yeah, so that's how you guys got started training. And how, how long have you been in the Triangle area now? Uh, we moved in, I want to say, July of 2014. So about a year and a half. I mean, we're, we're coming up for two years. Time time just flew. Flies, yeah. Yeah. Feels like yesterday we just moved here. So, What do you notice the main differences between the training and competition scene in Houston and the training and competition scene here in the Triangle? Um, so it, it, because I think Texas is so big, um, like over there, we have our, we, we, you know, in Laredo especially, we, we have our group of guys, we train with each other, and if we want to go to another open mat, we have to drive two, three hours. And so we're, we were always trying to, every other week, weekend, you know, hey, let's go train at these guys' school. And, you know, okay, that's two and a half hours in, to San Antonio, and let's go to the valley. The valley's kind of like further south. Um, let's go down the valley. And, and great guys in the valley, great guys in San Antonio, great guys in Corpus. And so we had our, you know, teammates in Corpus. So we would try to do that. Here, there's an open mat, you know. Everywhere. Everywhere. 15 minutes. Yeah, your gym is literally across the street from my gym. Yeah. Like that's, so and it's awesome. Yeah. It, it's yeah, it's, it's cross training. It's that, really cool. to me, when I moved here, you know, I felt like I was in a candy store. It's just, oh, I can go here for 15 minutes, and then 30 minutes I can go this way. And You can you can hit, like, two or three different open mats. Like, yeah, it's on crazy. A, on a Sunday or Saturday. It's here. crazy. It's and awesome, I yeah. And I think um, – you know, a lot of people, since they're used to that, you know, they don't see the two, three hour travel time. And to them, you know, some people just, I guess they just don't, I guess they just don't see it. You know, I'm like, man, it's crazy. You have all these open mats. Go, go train. Different body types, different styles. That only gets you better. So, yeah, so Trevor mentioned that uh, you have a school and your school is in Morrisville. Is yes, yes. And so was owning a school always a goal for you? Or when did you first know that you wanted to? to teach and own a school I, I so you know I, I um, after college I became a teacher <laughs> so I naturally I like to teach I think I think teaching is one of the best ways to learn you could, because you're, you know when you teach something you're just reteaching yourself I think that uh, I think that giving back is also like a priority I think everyone should give back you know sometimes you know I was at white belt and I, I was glad that people took the time you know because sometimes people you know for whatever reason is a white belt. I don't want to roll with them. But no, you could roll with the white belt. You could do stuff. So, you know, I guess to answer your question, I always wanted, I always loved teaching. Like, I, I enjoy teaching. Like, if you say, hey, Tony, you want to teach? I just enjoy it. Like, I don't find anything wrong with teaching. Um, I always wanted to have my school. I just didn't anticipate to have it this soon. Like, uh, just, yeah, I didn't, just to make it clear, we, we moved here because my wife's in vet school. And uh, I had a, a very good job, very good teaching job, very good school. So we made that jump to help, you know, our family because, you know, it's me, her, and our son. And, uh, yeah. So adorable. I yeah. love your kid. Matt, <laughs> he's so tall. I can't get over that. He's almost your height now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to be taller than me in two yeah. years. He's, he's bossing me around already. <laughs> it's crazy. I have to use my jiu-jitsu on him. If not, you know. Uh, but, but, you know, we, we did stuff. We moved out here to, you know, kind of, you know, just – Long term uh, is a long term kind of decision for us, and um, I didn't plan to open a school. It just kind of happened. It's it's weird. Sometimes you don't plan things, and things just happen, and you just go with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've also been very welcomed by the community. Everyone loves Tony. Oh, like 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 Jason Colbert. <laughs> like I'm I'm so stoked when I see you come in the mornings to drill with Jason. And I'm like, God, everyone loves Tony. Like there there's never anything bad about Tony. Yeah, <laughs> you're making you're making him blush. Uh, yeah. Even you're cooking. Even Tony's cooking. <laughs> Which, if you have the chance, have Tony cook for you. Oh I'm man, not kidding. Yeah, I, you know, I, I really, I like cooking. I really got into into it more because you know, you know, raising my son, I was able to 
cook for us and stuff. But yeah, the community here has been great. I, you know, I've I've felt welcomed by everyone. Everyone has a personality, and I love that. Um, you know, even it, what what I enjoy, and this is something that you know I think is important. Whether you agree or disagree on things, you know, that's okay. Just just be yourself and just be cool and. The vibes are good. Energy's good. You know, I, I, I don't like, uh, personally, I don't like negative energy. And so I've always been the type of, there's someone that's very negative. I kind of just, you know, kind of just stay away from that person. Separate you know. yourself from yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So, or, or that group, you know. And so I always kind of just, you know, I get along with everyone. You know, if there's a room of 10 guys and I get along with nine of them and there's that one guy that nobody gets along with, I'll still say hi to him. You know, oh, yeah. I just, you just won't, you know. You know, so and I feel like this area is so positive. You know, there's been great. You know, you got like Cody's event today, and then you got like another seminar in a, in a few weeks, and you know, it's just it's just really cool. And I tell my you know family and friends from Laredo, you guys got to come train. You know, <laughs> come out for the weekend. Yeah, right? you know, and it's so far. Yeah. You know, it's so far. It takes a day nonstop. <laughs> it go, is. So. Yeah. Tony also set the bar high for future podcast guests by buying us a, a piece of apple pie to share at the Cup of Joe beforehand. So. <laughs> Steve Hall next weekend. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I think I think it's important to uh, you know break bread yeah. metaphorically. You, yeah. know, you always got to share a meal when you're gonna. You know, do do an event. Yeah, so. especially something so important as a as a, your friendly neighborhood jujitsu podcast. <laughs> so, uh, so what's being a school owner? What what is being a school owner like for you? How is it distinct from being a competitor? Do you see those as two distinct roles, or is it something that comes naturally to you and you can flip the switch? They're, yeah, they're so they're very different. Uh, I've always competed, and com- competition's great. You know, if you don't like to compete, that's great too. But if you like to compete, that's that's awesome. And so I've always competed. So I never felt responsible. You know, I, I always taught. And so I felt responsible for my kids at high school, right? So I've, I've got to make sure they learn, got to make sure that. And then, you know, when it was time to train, I was training. But I never felt responsible for a group of jiu-jitsu students is my point. Now that I own a group or, you know, own a school that has a group, I feel responsible. And so now, surprisingly, I've, I have fallen in love with that. You know, I didn't think I would. I thought, oh, I'm always going to love competing more. But no, I actually enjoy teaching more, setting the standards, setting the tone for the school and making everyone, in, in, you know, from the purple belt still, that I have to the white belts, making them feel comfortable, making them f- better, uh, just in, in, uh, making their character good too. I think that's that's also important on and off the mats. So those are the two different roles. That surprisingly, I'm, I, I just really enjoy teaching. Mm-hmm. So, in terms of teaching, like, do you have a planned curriculum that you always stick to, or, or or is it something that you're like, okay, I noticed these guys are really good at arm bars, but maybe we can do, we need to work more on our guard passing, or how how do, how do you set your kind of teaching agenda? Yeah, so we we have a real basic curriculum. We uh, since I have such a small school, we have um, you know most of our classes are pretty fundamental classes. Um, if we want to go over some advanced stuff, it's usually a, an open mat when we're all there. We'll kind of you know just kind of pick each other's brains and stuff and they'll ask me questions but for the most part um yeah very fundamental to curriculum now if i see something like man these guys aren't getting it we need to like we need to continue going over it so just like a teacher plans for a classroom i plan for for you know i usually plan in about two three weeks so like for two three weeks i have a plan and one week we'll cover that plan um for that aspect so like for example one week will be passes from half guard Right, mm-hmm. and we'll make sure I really just show two moves that whole week, but I show drills to that t- to those two moves, and then the following week will be bottom half guard, 
you know so you know when they're trying to use the same pass when they're using these same concepts for these drills this is kind of the, the points of you know uh, I guess you know ideas of where we should place our hands where we should move our hips and so that's kind of how we go um, if I saw that some of the guys did terrible in a tournament and eh, we got to work escapes let's go back to escapes you know real basic and so we make sure that we do all of that um, and then we also believe it or not if people might be surprised but we do self-defense you know very you know, we I think it's very important in fact that was the reason why I joined jiu-jitsu was to learn I didn't know about competition mm-hmm. you know like f- you join football because you want to play Friday Night Lights, especially in Texas, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, you know, uh, you join track because they tell you you're good in track and it's going to help you for football, <laughs> you know? And, 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 and in Texas, football and basketball kind of, they're the sports. Jiu-jitsu is not like that. Well, at least for us, it wasn't. Like, we didn't know about competitions. You know, I joined jiu-jitsu because I was a small guy and I wanted to learn jiu-jitsu. I wanted to learn how to defend myself. I wanted to learn, and it was amazing. I, I Within a month, you know, my older brother's a, He's a police officer, and he, he teaches at the police academy. And he nice. would kind of – he would bully me a little bit, you know. So when I learned jiu-jitsu the first two months, you know, I started uh, doing it on him. We start wrestling at the house, and, you know, I'll never forget. He, he took me down because he's bigger than me and got him in an ankle lock. Like that was like, <laughs> that was like my move as a white belt, you know. Now things have changed, right, sure. because of tournaments and stuff. But that was like, oh, there were no rules. You know, you would reap, do an ankle lock, uh, toe hold, and um, wrist lock. Uh, bicep crusher like I learned all of those as white belts Gosh, and, and awesome. so we would so then we would go to competition we didn't know the rules and uh, Fred he's a, he, man, he's my cousin he, man he's 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 awesome he's a black belt now he would tell me man, I don't know the rules man you just, we just got to roll just, just roll and so, if, if they say bad then it's bad yeah, yeah. and so me, you know he and I both went to a tournament in Corpus I'll never forget and there was a super fight between uh, you know Bill Cooper yeah of course. yeah so Bill Cooper was in Corpus Nobody knew who he was. I mean, just a few people. And he had a super fight with some random guy. I don't know who the guy was. The guy was wearing wrestling shoes. So I don't know if that was a good or bad thing. But wrestling's not big in Texas. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I don't know if this guy was from out of town. In the closest state that has wrestling is Oklahoma. Oklahoma yeah, yeah. They're, they're huge. I'm surprised that Texas doesn't have a wrestling scene. Man, so by like Oklahoma. It's so like political that. in Texas. I tried proposing it at my former school district. And there's, there, there was definitely money. Uh, but they just, for whatever political reason, they don't want to do it. They don't they, want people to get hurt, so they can't play football? <laughs> that's yeah, what it is. Probably, I, I, th- yeah, I think they call. feel, yeah, I do. I really do th- think they feel that, that there should not be a sport. The other thing I think they were saying was uh, it was travel expenses when, when that, that, was, that, was, that couldn't be the case. I mean, wrestling is great for the guy who can't play football. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wrestling is great for the guy who wants to play football. I mean, it's a great sport, you know, so being a jiu-jitsu guy, I was like, oh, I could be the wrestling coach. You know, I could really move and motivate these kids, connect them to the jiu-jitsu school in the community. But no, they shut down that down real quick. But anyway, Bill While Cooper's you're fighting. Your fingers like Mr. Burns. I can get more students. <laughs> I can too. get more Gosh, students. Yeah. You know, <laughs> I can feed them in. Yeah, yeah it's, it's like Homer, excellent. right? <laughs> uh, back to Bill Cooper. Yeah, sorry. back to Bill Cooper. So I'm Bill sorry. Cooper's in there, right? And he does this awesome. This is my remember. I've never seen a tournament. There was no IBJ. I mean, there was IBJJF, but they were in Brazil still. Uh, the, YouTube was kind of non-existent. This is back in 06. Um, so you didn't see any of this. So I'm watching the fight. And with the group of friends that we went, you know, kind of curious. I mean, I'm nervous, but I'm not too nervous because I don't know what to expect. And Bill Cooper just this does this awesome flying guillotine. Like he just jumps on the guy. Like the match starts and he just jumps on the guy. And the guy passes out. Wow. And he like flips, you know, like he's on his knees, but he like passes out the other way. So he looks like, you know, something out of The Exorcist or something. <laughs> you know, he's like that. His eyes are rolled up. 
you know, and all of a sudden I'm asking myself, what am I getting myself into? <laughs> this is a super fight. They start the tournament, man, you know? So um, I joined for self-defense reasons. So I make sure that self-defense is, is, is still that priority. And so we do cover some aspects and I definitely, when someone signs up, that's the first thing they learn. You know, I don't let them roll right away. They just learn basics. And then they want to learn some different competition stuff. Well, they're welcome to do that too, but I make sure that they leave school knowing that hey this is definitely still the full circle of self-defense and sport so i'm glad you brought that up because i'm always interested in talking to guys about self-defense and their perspectives on it now, do you think like you mentioned that the guy you started training with was under draculino yes did you ever get the experience of training with draculino or do you think that that was his influence that caused that guy to do the old school self-defense yeah so i did train with draculino draculino actually gave me my blue belt oh wow yeah so i don't i don't think he'll remember me because <laughs> i was just you know this little hispanic you he know. probably knows tony because everyone loves tony yeah, yeah, so. <laughs> well draculino's such a nice guy he's you know awesome. he's, he's 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 very technical he's obviously like a legend and so yeah he gave uh leo his all his belts and uh leo kind of you know, was he's in Corpus, but he was in Laredo for a while. And so Dracolino was in Laredo back in 04. I hadn't started yet, but he had been in Laredo promoting some of these guys. And so when I got promoted uh, to Blue Belt, it was in 07. Um, we had to drive to Corpus to Leo's school because we still didn't have a school. We are still considered a club. And Dracolino gave me my, my Blue Belt. But yeah, Dracolino was always showing both like he was showing self-defense he was showing um, fundamentals he was showing uh you know some some he was showing deep half guard back in 07 you know so like he's always kind of kept up to date with what techniques people are using um but yeah definitely and i also think um at it was a time when sport jiu-jitsu what they call sport jiu-jitsu hadn't really popped up yet you didn't have this idea you didn't have the mendes brothers that yet they were still probably purple belts training in brazil you know trying to make their careers so you didn't have this this big kind of world of competition for those of our listeners who aren't as familiar with jiu-jitsu we're talking about Vinicius straculino magalesh who's a legend of brazilian jiu-jitsu old school guys and one of the most famous photos in jiu-jitsu history with him and hickson and you know all these dudes on the beach and uh, yeah so so it's a really cool thing uh, to, to have that sort of connection to jiu-jitsu history and transitioning from the self-defense stuff to the competition stuff, you, you've obviously you've had a self-defense focus, but you've also been very successful in competition. And so I want to talk to you about some of your favorite matches that you've competed in. I've had the pleasure of watching you compete at the Worlds, but I'm wondering, do, are there memorable matches for you that stand out? Uh, yeah, and they're all where I lost. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? How like uh, like you ask a, a competitor, you know, hey, what matches are memorable? And like nobody can tell you the wins. It's always the losses. Always the, the, that's my favorite thing. You know, you've run into someone that's really cool when they always talk about their losses. It's like, it's, it's all the losses. That's where you learn. Yeah. yeah. Those, those, those. So so do you have do you have a few or one or two that you can talk about? I have, I have a, I have, I have a guess about what you're going to say. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. And and uh, I've just. For whatever reason, I've always been that guy that gets these guys. And when I mean these guys, they're the, the, the guys that are training two, three times a day. Or as as we joked back in Texas, they train once a day. They train all day. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, they're there at 8. They don't leave till like 9 o'clock at night. But, you know, I fought uh, Paolo Miao once. And uh, I got him in the second round. And, you know, he's he's just so good. You know, there's there's no way, you know, other way to explain it. And I was so bit. I mean, you it, it, you know, when people say, nah, no ego, no pride. No, we all have ego. We all have pride. Well, how long did that match last? Uh, four minutes, five it, minutes. Is it one of those things? Because I've seen the matches where it's like, 
And I've felt it in my limited jiu-jitsu experience where it's like you feel like you're drowning. Like that person is so far ahead of you. Is that kind of what it felt like? No, or was it? no it wasn't even – a lot of it was mental. Yeah. A lot of it was mental. I mean, you're just like, oh, God, it's meow. Uh, yeah, as soon yeah. as you step on the mat, there's this – you know, if you allow it, it's all psychological. It's this presence like, oh, because he competes, he trains. But in my opinion, you know, you shouldn't you – sh- you know, and I look at it back now. Like I shouldn't have – I just mentally killed myself basically and so i was fighting for at least a minute to two minutes i can't remember too much i have to go back to the video i was like fighting pretty hard mm-hmm. like i i just i don't care who he is i'm gonna fight and, we, and it was pretty close i was trying to i was trying to bet him bolo him right oh. <laughs> you know so yeah. but we were back and forth um but you know uh for whatever reason uh you just mentally just kind of start sinking and then you start doubting and and, and just so People are hearing this and they compete and they feel that. Even the even the professionals feel this, and I know because I've asked them. And uh, that's basically what happened: is I just kind of mentally gave up and believing in myself, and and he kind of took advantage of that. He just, oh man, he, he, I mean, if you you're competing with someone and they start giving up, you're not gonna say, hey man, <laughs> you're not gonna motivate. You're gonna take their back and choke. No, yeah, them. yeah, yeah. That, so that that's what, the water. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's what he did to me. That's one uh, memorable fight. Um, I also fought. Uh, Wolf Bernardo in 2013, he, purple belt. It was the quarterfinals. I felt so good that day. I had won three matches. Um, no one had scored a point on me. I, I still remember that. I was so I was just so on. And when I fought Wolf, same thing. It was such a close match, and there was that mental kind of battle. I th- you know, it's to me, jujitsu is not even about the other person. There's there's it's, it's all about. It's all about yourself. (laughs) (laughs) I I apologize. People are the the station manager, Bob, just popped in the window and he gave the pistol, but I thought he gave us the finger for a second. It kind of took me off guard. I apologize. I expected the finger. I did too. (laughs) So, yeah. So, Wolf Bernardo was another memorable (laughs) match. So. (laughs) 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 There's Bob again. He gave us the finger. (laughs) But I love our station this, manager, Bob. This is the time when I wish we had a video podcast. I know, right? <laughs> yeah. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That would be awesome. So, Wolf Bernardo. <laughs> yeah, Wolf Bernardo. So, he's a nice guy. You know, I talked to him later, but uh, it, was a, it, was a, it was a good match, too. So Yeah, like, I, I, you know, there's so much about that that I identify with. Like, the thinking about your losses, about the learning process, about how, because when you do have that sort of mental game and you realize, oh gosh, this is this thing that I need to improve on if I'm mm-hmm. going to continue to compete at this level. One thing you said that I really wanted to follow up on is the ego aspect. You know, you hear a lot in jujitsu, your ego's your enemy, you got to kill your ego. And I think to a large extent that's true, but I think there's an optimal level of ego. Like you don't want to let your ego rule you and you don't want to be that guy that can't lose, that is the, the vengeful, bitter dude. That, yeah. that But you also... There's a part where you don't want to let anybody roll roll over you either, right? Where you have to sort of have a bit of like anybody that like I forget that, you know. There's the old phrase: "You show me a good loser, and I'll show you a loser." And I don't really believe that, <laughs> but there's but there's something to it where it's like if if you're totally Just quote co- Cam Newton. Uh, <laughs> I think Cam Newton Cam Newton was quoting Publius Sirius you, from the old Roman I know. Empire. Gosh, yeah. come on, no, Jeff, absolutely. stop being all smart. No, I just, yeah, no, it, it was Cam Newton that was being all smart. But 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 but, I mean, <laughs> but you see, but, but you see what I'm saying, right? Yeah. Like you, you don't want to have so little pride, so little ego that it yeah. doesn't matter to you when you lose. Exactly. Exactly. So, and, and one conversation that comes to mind, uh, we were talking about, it, I don't know what we were talking about, but I brought up ego and I told Lucas, yeah, man, like just leave the ego at the door. And he kind of, kind of, he, he, he said something that, that stayed with me. He's like, no, man, like 
it's okay to have ego. It's, it's normal. Just have it in check. You know, like you, t- to say that it didn't bother you that you did bad today. That's the come on. Like mm-hmm. to say that, oh, you're okay with losing. Nobody's okay with losing. Even if they say they are, nobody is. But it's okay to have ego. It's okay to have pride. Just don't let it be this vice that overcomes you. You know what I mean? That kind of overshadows. Don't, don't, don't let it be the first thing that someone gets yeah. from you. Yeah. Like don't yeah. go and say, oh, like today, like nobody's in tapping out. No, not like that. But have, a, have some goals. Like today, I'm going to try to work this position. You when know, you, when you have the ego of like, no one's going to tap me out. Yeah. Then yeah. It's a lot. But, I've seen the people that have that ego, they fall hard. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that, and then that's hard to recover from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think, I think that's important is just kind of humble yourself. And that's, that's why jujitsu, I always say filters out most of the bad eggs. <laughs> All yeah. combat sports do really. If you're yeah. at a good school, that's, yeah, it, it, yeah. yeah, that's how it goes. Yeah. And you mentioned Lucas, which is for those of us, for those of our listeners that aren't as familiar with jujitsu, Lucas Lepre, many times world champion, one of the truly elite competitors in the world. And he's, your instructor now he's who you're who you're under yeah so the way that happened was uh we kind of my wife and i well you talk- voice was too mainstream for the no 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 it wasn't, <laughs> I'm kidding, was, it wasn't that at all man just, you guys were talking about hoist voice is a legend I'm, you know I'm just like you i respect grief. that guy so much i <laughs> remember seeing ufc one and then anytime someone asks me what's jujitsu i say man watch ufc one oh, yeah. watch hoist crazy i mean he, he's a legend I'm, I'm here to be the jerk yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well so when we decided where we were moving for vet school my wife got into like all the southern states and so we had to kind of decide um and we decided north carolina i we knew we were going to move here in april of 2014 so in in laredo uh, the school is at which by the way is great school if you're ever in south texas you got to go visit uh presa laredo uh my 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 buddies run it uh fred reyes um man multiple medalists multiple well he won the pants at adult purple he just i mean what he's done with those group of guys you know i think about it now like we, we had no reason i mean we had let, let me let me rephrase it we had very little resources and the way he organized and pushed you sometimes he would just tell me we're we're, we're very close and he would just tell me Hey man, you're going to train here today. He didn't ask me. He was just telling me we're gonna do it, cause he knew if I started backing out of it, oh really? You're gonna, you know, you don't want to train. You don't, you don't want to, you don't want to go compete. You don't want to get better, you know. So he had that very tough coach, and he's been a big leader there. And so that was kind of the instrument, like that. That kind of like led to what I was doing. But anyway, so before I moved, uh, by lineage, we were uh, we were a Paragon school. We were under Frangina. Frangina is, of, of course, in California. Great guy too. Very nice. Very funny. <laughs> he's a funny guy. Um, so he's under Jacare uh, Alliance. So anytime we competed at a Worlds, we were Paragon, but we would go under Alliance. And so I thought, oh, it'd be cool to move in North Carolina and train with some Alliance guys. Like I, I wasn't even thinking at that point like opening a school. That wasn't even in my mind. And I wasn't even thinking about, I was thinking about joining a school, a close school and just training with Lucas sometimes. So I sent them an email. I just said, hey, Lucas, you know, I, w- I want to train, man. I, want, I would love to compete uh, and I would love to train with your competition team. That'd be awesome to learn from you. And he replied. He replied within a few days. And this was before he won the Worlds in uh, 2014 when he had a really good year. And he was just, I mean, he's been having good years every year. <laughs> he's been having a lot of good years. Yeah, yeah. so, <laughs> but he, like, he was just on fire. And, and I emailed him before that. So, like, nobody really, you know, was, I mean, they were talking about him, but he had, he hadn't, he had won the worlds in 2007 and then he kept you know g- 
getting second or third in the world. He was doing really well, you know, but he hadn't won it since 07. So no one was really giving him the credit that he really deserved. So I said, I emailed him because he's the Alliance and uh, he emailed me back. And so the plan was just to train with him. So when I moved here, I didn't realize how far Charlotte was. <laughs> you know, I, I, I thought, oh, he's going to be in my hometown, you know, so. It was pretty far, and so the first time I, I met him, we met at the mall. And man, Lucas, is, if you ever meet him, he's such a nice guy. Like, you see him at the mall, you would never guess he was a world champion. He doesn't act like he's better than you. He doesn't, he just jokes, he laughs. If you joke with him, he jokes back. Like, he's just really chill, and I love that. I was like, man, this guy, <laughs> this guy's funny. I'm you down know? for a day trip. I'll take my gi and go oh. hang out with Lucas. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, down. Absolutely. Man, it's, <laughs> it's, it's coalescing. The road trip is coalescing. I know. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm down. Like, all I hear is great things about Lucas. Like, Jason, like, because, like, you, you'll take Jason down, a lot of guys, like, Dewani from the school, and, like, yeah, I just yeah. hear such great things. I'm like, man, I want to meet this guy. Yeah, like, he's just and so. I keep forgetting Charlotte. Like, it's not It's not too that bad. far. Yeah. You know, when I was in Texas, uh, so I would go compete. Like I would look up stuff. So I would say, "All right, I want to train with Galvao." So we'd go after the worlds, and we train with Galvao. Mm -hmm. I was a teacher, so the best thing about it was pay wasn't bad, and you get the summers off. So I'd basically fund all my own trips. And during the summer, after you know, I, man, great, crazy stories. Galvao doesn't remember me either, but <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> and uh, after the worlds, we hung out. We trained. No, no, we hung out and partied first, and then we trained the next day. Oh wow! And I trained with his you know, group of Brazilians, it was really, really an experience. Um, and I wrote it all down, like the stuff that someday people will read about, I hope. Um, <laughs> but, so, you know, but my point is I would pay, I would travel, like, you know, uh, went to a Kyle Teja camp um, with a good friend of mine, John Michael. We went there for like a few days. Um, we, we pitched in for stuff, you know, his mom was really nice pay for our rental like uh, car rental so we were able to survive and just train but i had to travel thousands of miles i had to pay so to me to have the idea of driving two and a half hours to train with this caliber of of competition training mm -hmm. was huge for me like it was it was awesome i go what you could drive two and a half hours to train with this guy you know and so that's what i thought i was like man i, I gotta go out there i gotta train and I went out there and I met him. And then I went out there to, for his, his uh, he had his first class day. He brought Fabio Gorgel. Oh, wow. And he was charging nothing. I think he was charging like 35 bucks. And Fabio was such a nice guy. So, you know, I didn't realize how big he was. He's, he's got like, I don't know if it's a Brazilian thing. They got like these big wrists and these thick fingers. And you're just, you know, they're just mad. Your hand disappears. The, the, the jujitsu hands. Yeah, man. I got like <laughs> little, I got little Mexican hands. You know, <laughs> like I'm just a small dude. I just feel like these guys will squash me just by staring at me. But anyway, he was a great guy, a great experience. And um, you have that South Water. They have that South South Water. Yeah, so yeah, that's what it is. I think they, so. I don't that, know. I don't know. <laughs> I have the Rio Grande. They have, you know, they got some. They got yeah. a lot of. A lot it's of all the acai, man. The acai coconut water. That's, that's, that's what it is, man. That's what it is. Well, great. Well, so, so. Since you're training with Lucas now, uh, and what are your competition goals for yourself for the future? I mean, you competed at the Brown Belt Worlds last year, did very well, ended up running into one of those guys that we <laughs> yeah. talk about, Mike yeah. Musumici, who's yeah, yeah. got his brown belt or got his black belt on the podium. I know. Yeah. Was, yeah. So, are you are you, do you plan to go back to the Worlds? Do you plan on doing competitions a lot this year, or what's your competition plan? Yes. So this year, this is what it looks like: Pan Am's Worlds for sure. Those are always for sure. Um, the 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 thing that the one year I didn't do pants um, and and worlds actually yeah I didn't do pants and worlds it was the first time I've done the worlds since 2008 every year Wow. and awesome. yeah except for 2014 and the reason I didn't do it was because 
uh, we had gotten married, we had gotten pregnant. I guess you could say that, right? We had gotten pregnant. Right? <laughs> it's politically it's correct. teamwork. We, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> so all of that, you know, I had to save all my money for the move. So that was the one year I did not compete. I didn't compete at all. And man, it sucked because I love competing. I have to compete once a year. And so I, I that was the only time. So my point is I, 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 the only thing that holds me back from competition most of the time are two things. Number one is funding, like trying to get the, the money to do it. And number two is, man, I don't know if I turned 30 in May mm. and I'm breaking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if uh, I told Trevor this. I got my third kidney stone. Yeah. In the last ten months, and it, what's sad is it didn't even hurt. Am I getting used to this? Like so, <laughs> but I went to the doctor, got blood work again, and everything, and I'm gonna see a kidney specialist. But I don't, I don't think it's anything serious. I think I'm just not drinking enough, enough water. water. That's what we talked mm. about. Yeah. 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 So I think, I think you know, I'm, I'm getting older, and so my point is, I want to compete as much as possible because I know that five years from now it's gonna be different. You know, we're gonna have different pri- priorities, and then so I want to always look back and say I competed every year. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I did as much as I could, and the worlds and Pan Ams will always be on the priority list. I have to do those competitions. So those are two t- tournaments that I'm gonna do for sure. Um, something on my bucket list. I've always wanted to do the European Open. I think it's so cool, um, and I am gonna do it. It's just a matter of when. when. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we, right now we have you know, and then I I started a another thing. I, I you know I started a new job, and. Um, I've always trained and had a job. I've never just trained. I Last year um, was kind of the first year where I didn't have a job, but I had my son all day. So if anyone knows, um, parenting is one of the hardest, in my opinion, it's the hardest job in the world. I just, I, I see mothers in a different light. And, and not that I don't see fathers, they, they, they're great, but what mothers do, man, for their sons, I'm just like, whoa. So anyway, that, that kept me really busy. So. Um, I've, I've always had something to do and it's just, it's just, I have a hard time saying no, you know, and, and doing projects. So right now I started teaching, I'm at Fuquay Middle, um, which is a blessing in disguise because it's about a 30 minute commute. So I commute an hour a day, but that's where I do podcasts, man. That's mm-hmm. where you get to catch up on podcasting. It's just, it's just a great way to kind of reflect. I, I love it. I really do love it. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad that you've gotten the experience of being a podcast guest as well now. So <laughs> we're excited about that. We have a couple more minutes with Tony. And uh, I'm sorry to hear about the health stuff, man, because we had you slated for a super fight with, oh, I think, Josh man. Murdoch. Yeah. And, you had, and that's when the kidney stones happened. Yeah. Well, it actually happened before. It happened in the Worlds, before the oh, Worlds. Oh, boy. I had, that was a huge kidney stone. Like, that one hurt. And when I when I when when it came out, <laughs> <what did that? laughs> my wife, you know, I yelled, right? And my wife comes running. And I go, look. And she's like, what? Look, that just that just came out of me. <laughs> and your Sounds wife horrible. Is like, really, this is what came out of me. Here's your son. I, exactly yeah. right. Because that's kind of you know that my wife's tough. That's kind of her mentality. She's like, come on, you know. I got I got all four teeth pulled out just you know two months ago, and she's like, you're a big baby. And I'm like, <laughs> no, you and your wife click really well. Yeah, yeah like, no, we like, do. When I'm hanging out with you and your wife, I'm like, I get it. Like, no, she's really just well, so honest awesome, with me, yeah. and I'm so honest with her. You know, and it's it's just it's funny because she's just like, you need to just get tough. And I'm like, you know what? I go in my defense and this is yeah. this is very true i honestly think that women produce these hormones that allow them to tolerate this pain because yeah. you know think about it she was like when i pulled them out i was in school the next day i go yeah you're you're a girl you have some like i'm girls you're are programmed to give yeah birth, girls are like, man 2.0 like they have you know their <laughs> reproductive systems protected ours aren't yeah you right know? like our, you just know. ask ken exactly yeah. right <laughs> so you know she's she's you know women are developed better in that way and so you know she um 
she was giving me crap a little bit. Yeah. But then when she saw the stone, she was like, oh my Ooh, gosh, nice. I feel so bad. I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you were faking it. I'm like, why would I fake this <laughs> kidney pain? Like, so, and, and I spoke to Josh. I was really disappointed in myself because I really wanted to do it. And I said, man, I'm so sorry, man. It just, you know, I'm getting old. <laughs> I feel old. Um, before I used to be in denial of it, you know, mm -hmm. my students back, back in uh, where I used to teach in Texas would say, sir, how old are you? I'm like, don't worry about it. You know, I was kind of defensive. Uh, I just, I was joking though. I didn't really care, but there was some truth like, to it, right? In like a teaching standpoint, you're kind of young though. Yeah, I guess. I guess. Yeah, I, mean, I, I guess. Well, but now students ask me, how old are you? And I'm like, oh, I'm turning 30. Like I've accepted it, you yeah. know, like, you know. That so, speaking as an old guy, Tony, like sincerely, my 30s were way better than my 20s. I had a lot more fun. It was a lot more interesting. And like, you know, part of that was because I had jujitsu, and so you already have jujitsu, yeah. <laughs> so you're already you're already all, all the way there. Thanks, Jeff. Well, sure. you age well, man. You oh, don't even come on. Right? You, yeah. Oh, stop that vegan life, yo. Yeah, That's absolutely. What it is, man. <laughs> well, so we have, we should have a couple minutes left, Tony. And so I want to give you the opportunity to if to, to, if there's anything I haven't asked about that you want to make sure folks know about you, or if there are any shout outs and thank yous that you wanna that you wanna deliver in the in the couple. He's minutes a Libra. He likes long walks on the beach. I'm actually a Taurus. Oh, and, oh, Taurus and, club. And I nice. love hiking in the mountain. No, I'm just <laughs> there we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Libra and I like long walks oh, on the beach. So. Who right. doesn't like a beach, right? Yeah. Exactly. So do you have do you have anything else that you want to leave the listeners with? Uh so you know, I, uh, you always gotta thank people. Uh, I thank my my team in Laredo. Those guys are family. I always stay in touch with them. They're so cool because <laughs> they joke a lot. And so they just they they're just funny, man. They joke and they make you feel welcome and they're comfortable and what, what they've done. What they've done uh, on the mat in terms of competition is beyond me. Uh, you know, they didn't really have, like I said, a lot of resources. They started with almost nothing, and and they've built this this great school. And uh, but even the stuff off the mat, the way they always they always include each other, and they're always talking to each other. And our culture in South Texas is very family, so that's what it is. So I'd like to, you know, thank them for giving me this. You know, I, I text my my good friend. Um, and, and I always kind of remind them every now and then, hey, man, I really appreciate a lot what you did because now that I'm here by myself, what I mean by myself, like running this program, it's a small school, but it's still kind of tough. People don't realize how tough it is and how you got to pay attention to everyone. It's intimidating at times. It is. I, I had like mild panic attacks when I started teaching. It's yeah. been like I'm going on almost a year now of like running my own program. And at first I was like, I got this. But then I was like, <gasps> Yeah, what am I doing? And people look up to you and, and they look at you as a standard. I tell people not to look up to me. <laughs> like I tell intern Chris all the time, don't make me your idol. <laughs> like I am awful. <laughs> but but even even the like the standard of, of how you should be, like, you know. Oh yeah, it what, changes. Yeah. Yeah, people see you now. Yeah. I've matured know? a lot because they see of it. You and I'm so still an idiot, but I'm a approachable idiot yeah, now. Like, yeah. yeah. So that I also don't know you as eighteen year old Trevor. I know you as Coach Trevor. Two yeah. different very different people. From the stories yeah. you've heard, it's totally different yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> my, so, he's met some of my friends, and they'll tell old Trevor stories, and I'm like, oh, God, I was that guy. Yeah. Well, were any of them about punching a possum? Don't answer that. Uh, <laughs> oh, All right, folks, we've got to get on out of here. But I've had a blast talking with Tony Casares. Thank you so much for coming in. My thanks, as always, to Coach Trevor, to intern Chris, and to all of you for listening. Please hold May 1st for the Concussion Cast Carnival, first black belt women's match in North Carolina jiu-jitsu history. And tune in to us next week because we're going to have Hoist Gracie Black Belt, Steve Hall. Very excited that Steve has agreed to an interview with us. Tony's got one more shout out. I, yeah, just thank you guys for giving me the opportunity to come on here. I think what you guys are doing is great. Oh, I, thank this, you. This is, this is awesome. Uh, thank you to Cage Side and Concussion Cast, uh, Jeff, Trevor, the intern. intern. <laughs> <laughs> you 
guys are doing awesome. I want to thank you again. I don't know if I thanked you enough, or if I've even expressed it. Uh, I'm expressing it now. I just want to make sure that you know I, that pie was for you guys. Uh. <laughs> and uh, thank Lucas for helping. You know, he's guided me a little bit here. I should say a little bit. He's guided me a lot. So, yeah. um, and my family. Just thank, thank, thank you guys. Tony, you rock. Tony's school is Lapree BJJ Raleigh. Check him out, and thank you all for listening. And we will see you all next week. Thank you.